Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders from the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And my friends, in the well-known passage describing the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, we find in verse 28, her children rise up and bless her. The King James Version renders that as her children arise up and call her blessed. Good mothers are very special people. I don't generally read the comics in the newspaper, but from some time ago there was a Peanuts comic in which Charlie Brown said, everyone needs someone to love them, trust them, care for them, support them, laugh and cry with them. Lucy responded with, that's a lot of people. But then Snoopy said, or one wonderful mother. Of all the people over the years who have believed in me and supported me through thick and thin, two people taught the list. One was my mom, the other is the mother of my two children and the grandmother of my seven grandchildren. We have been truly blessed when we can rise up and call our mothers blessed. In Luke 1, we are encouraged to call someone else's mother blessed. In verse 42, Elizabeth, said to be a mother-to-be, was blessed among women. That was a Hebrew expression meaning you are the most blessed among women. In verse 48, the woman addressed replied, For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. Not only would her own children call her blessed, but all people would acknowledge that she had been blessed by God. We all know that that particular passage is speaking of Mary, the mother of Jesus. All mothers are blessed, even if they don't act that way. But Mary was especially blessed. Of all the Jewish women of the tribe of Judah living at that time, God chose her to be the mother of his son. He was not under compulsion to choose her, Nothing in the scripture indicates that Mary was so good and so perfect that God was forced to choose her. Rather, we are told that God chose her as an expression of his grace. In verse 28 of Luke 1, the angel Gabriel greeted her with, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. Favored comes from the form of the Greek word for grace, and grace speaks of unmerited favor. However, what was it about Mary? We can't really answer the question, why Mary? God knows the answer to that question. I don't. But with a brief survey through the things we know for certain pertaining to her life, we will be shown some wonderful qualities that all women would do well to seek to emulate. First, we look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. The sixth month was the sixth month of the pregnancy of Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. 
Nazareth was a small town or village located 15 miles west of the western tip of the Sea of Galilee and 22 miles from the Mediterranean Sea on one of the southernmost slopes of the Lebanon mountain ranges. According to verse 27, the angel was sent to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. Joseph was a descendant of King David, but the royal line had fallen by that time. Joseph was a poor carpenter living in Nazareth. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 55, the question was asked concerning Jesus, Is not this the carpenter's son? One way we know that Joseph and Mary were poor is that they offered a sacrifice that the poor were allowed to make when they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Luke 2 verse 24 indicates what they did according to the law set forth in Leviticus 12. The name of the virgin to whom Gabriel was sent was Mary, which is a Greek form of the Hebrew name Miriam, which means bitter. She, like Joseph, was apparently from an unpretentious family, and she was also a descendant of King David. Luke 1 emphasizes that Jesus would be a descendant of David in both the 31 and 69. In 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12, God said to David, When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. Since Jesus was not a fleshly descendant of Joseph, he had to be a fleshly descendant through Mary. Luke chapter 1 verse 27 told us that Mary was engaged or betrothed to Joseph. In that day, most betrothals occurred very early in the life of a young woman. It is possible that Mary may have been a teenager when Gabriel appeared to her. On the other hand, Joseph may have been an older man. He's never mentioned during the public ministry of Jesus, suggesting the possibility that he died before Jesus was 30 years old. As we continue to look at the few things we are told about Mary, it is apparent that she was not afraid to use her mind. When Gabriel said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you, we are told that she was troubled, anxious, or agitated. But instead of panicking, we are told that she kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. That is not the only time we read of this concerning Mary. In Luke chapter 2 verse 19, in relation to events surrounding the Lord's birth, we find, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Later, when Jesus was 12 years old and had been left behind in Jerusalem, we are told in verse 51, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Mary also clearly had a deep, unwavering faith in God and his power. Back in Luke chapter 1, Gabriel continued in verses 31 through 33 and said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. We know from Peter's words in Acts chapter 2 that Jesus is now seated on the throne of David at the right hand of God, ruling over his kingdom. 
However, Mary's concern was not about what was going to happen some years out in the future. She had just been told, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. So in verse 34, she asked, how can this be, since I am a virgin? At first glance, this may appear to be similar to the response of unbelief that Zacharias, John's father, had made that resulted in nine months of being unable to speak and maybe even unable to hear. Luke chapter 1 verse 62 might indicate that. But Mary's question was not whether this would be, but how it would be. Verse 45 of Luke 1 tells us that she had believed the angel. Her question was answered. Look at verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. The word translated overshadow in the word used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament speaks of the presence of God filling the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 40 and verse 35. Mary did not ask for a sign, but Gabriel gave her one. In Luke 1, 36 and 37 we find, And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. That is what Mary was asked to believe, that nothing was impossible with God. And verse 45 tells us that she did. By the way, we also must believe the same thing. Mary was humble, submissive, and brave. In verse 38 we find, And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. The word bond slave, there, is the feminine form of the word for slave. Female slaves were the lowliest, often the most mistreated of slaves. Later on in verse 48 Mary would say, For he had had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. Mary said, Be it done to me according to your word. Consider the implications of that statement. She was a young woman, engaged to be married, who would suddenly be pregnant. I believe it is hard to realize just how precarious her situation would have been. There are those who believe that a statement certain of the Jews made many years later when Jesus was involved in a heated discussion with them in John 8 may indicate that Mary being pregnant with Jesus before he was born was known. In verse 41 we find they said to him, we were not born of fornication. I personally believe that that's stretching things a bit, but we all know how people can be. She could even have lost her life, for the law stated that an engaged woman who committed fornication was to be stoned to death. Deuteronomy 22 verses 23 and 24. Did all of the possible repercussions flash before her mind right away? I strongly doubt it, but they surely would late be realized later. She essentially said, if that is the way God wants it to be, then that is the way it will be. She was submissive to the will of God. By the way, that is the kind of person God can use, whether mother, father, son, or daughter. Let's now read Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. The passage tells us, Now at this time Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a city of Judah, 
and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it came about that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed among women are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me, the mother of my Lord, should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. We're not going to take the time to read Mary's response found in verses 46 through 55, but it is a magnificent song of praise that is truly one of the literary gems of the New Testament. It really contains three themes, what God had done for her, what God had done for all people, and what God had done for Israel. The last was proof that God always keeps his word. Now, I'm not discounting the fact that Mary could have been filled with the Holy Spirit like Elizabeth was, but in her words of praise, 12 Old Testament passages are alluded to. When Mary and Joseph took the infant Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, a man named Simeon took Jesus in his arms, gave praise and thanksgiving to God, and then said to Mary in Luke chapter 2, verses 34 and 35, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. We see Mary when Jesus was twelve in the account of the trip to Jerusalem for the Passover. We see her again some eighteen years later when Jesus was beginning his public ministry. It was a wedding feast in Cana where she sowed so much confidence in Jesus. I don't believe she knew what he would do, but that he could do something. In John 2, verses 3 through 5, we find, And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what do I have to do with you? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. We read of Mary just a very few times and in a very few words over the next three years. I'll just mention Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35, and there it appears that she and the Lord's brothers were there out of concern for him. Certainly verse 21 of that chapter indicates that. We really lose sight of Mary until the cross. Come with me to John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. The passage tells us, Therefore the soldiers did these things. But there were standing by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into her own household. Perhaps this was the time that Mary understood the words, A sword will pierce even your own soul. One last scene remains. After the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the disciples waiting in Jerusalem for the coming of the Spirit, we find in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 
These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. That is the last we read of Mary. We don't know what happened to her. From here, God closed the curtain on the story of the mother of Jesus. There is absolutely no indication of any worship of her or even a special veneration of her by the early church. However, we can certainly see that some of the wonderful characteristics she possessed and seek to emulate them in our own lives. The story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, a simple, devout, humble Jewish woman. Think about these things. Thanks for listening.